For the third year and counting, Richard Skipper has been celebrating the artists you love. Richard Skipper is all about celebrating life, art, and his guest body of work. Please join us while he showcases these diverse and talented individuals. Here's Richard Skipper. And Charles Kirsch. Hi, everyone, and happy holidays. Happy holidays to you, Charles. Every day with Charles is a holiday. Ah, oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me to co-host with you again. It's, it's a holiday treat. I am so glad we decided to do this after we did uh, our celebration of uh, Susan Schulman. Uh, mm -hmm. We wanted to do something a little bit more upbeat. Uh, I mean, although celebrating her was upbeat because her life was worth celebrating and we had so many of her good friends join us. Uh, but you do such great work, Charles, that tonight I want to celebrate you. And so I reached out to a few people who have done your show so that we could celebrate you in addition to celebrating the holidays tonight. So that's what tonight is going to be about as well. But those of us who are in this business of podcasting and live streaming, uh, we are very fortunate because we get to sit down and chat uh, with some of the greatest uh, minds in the business oh, on yes. both sides of the footlights. And uh, one of uh, our colleagues in this business uh, is uh, Adam Rothenberg. He does Call Me Adam, and yeah. I am a huge, huge fan of this show. And I reached out to him and asked if he could be here this evening. And unfortunately, he was not able to be here. Uh, but uh, he said he would, uh, he did send me uh, a little video clip, which I'm going to share right now. I'm going to bring this up. So bear with me while I do this because it was too big to put in the queue. Uh, but here's Adam Rothenberg. Everyone, call me Adam. Hi, Richard. It's Adam Rothenberg from Call Me Adam. I am so excited you asked me to be part of your holiday show. I am sorry I couldn't be there in person, but I wanted to send this video to you and your audience to be able to talk about some of my favorite holiday memories. So for me, growing up, my favorite holiday memory is definitely lighting the menorah with my family. Um, sometimes it would just be my parents and I and my brother, and we would stand around the menorah, light the candles, say the prayers, sing the songs, and um, eat potato latkes, and it was always such a special time. Of course, I also loved growing up, getting to spend the holidays with my extended family, so whether it was at my grandparents' house or my aunt and uncle's house, um, having the 10 of us, which would be me, my brother, my parents, my grandparents, my aunt and uncle, my cousins, all there together, and we would have a great meal, and we would sing songs, we would play dreidel, and um, I have a dreidel right here, I have a little dreidel, and uh, we used to play dreidel and, um, you know, play some games and spin the dreidel. Sometimes I could even spin it upside down. Let's see how it works for this video. Oh, it did, but it went off camera. <laughs> Let's try that one more time. And again, it went off camera, but it is spinning. So um, those are just some of my favorite childhood holiday memories. And now as an adult, I've loved incorporating some new traditions. So my boyfriend uh, of four years is not Jewish, but I love that now he also, during Hanukkah, we, I love that, first of all, I love that we get to share both holidays, Hanukkah and Christmas. And um, at Hanukkah, I love that he has been lighting the menorah with me. And when we go out to see my parents, with my parents and my brother, and um, it's really such a great time. And with his family, I love celebrating Christmas. I love that um, we get to do Christmas Eve at his parents' house and um, and Christmas Day, and they've been so welcoming and so loving. And I also love how he and I have our own Christmas tree, and now every year I get to decorate a Christmas tree, and we have ornaments that really represent each of our personalities. So it's really wonderful and amazing, and I just love how we've incorporated both holidays into our lives because they're both very important to each of us. So it's great that we have merged them together. Um, so those are my holiday memories. So thank you for letting me be part of your holiday special. And I wish you and your audience a very happy holiday season and a wonderful new year. Bye everybody.
And that, of course, is uh, Adam Rothenberg. Uh, call me Adam. Uh, so he is worth checking out. Charles, are you familiar with his work? Do you? Yes, him? I am. I'm a big fan of his. I've watched many of his interviews, and they're great. I'm so glad that he's part of this show in a way. And if you're watching later on, I'm a fan of yours. <laughs> Yes, we all celebrate each other, uh, which is what this is all about. So I've got a few people waiting in the wings. I'm going to let you pull a number, one through four, like let's make oh. a deal. Uh, <laughs> do you remember let's make a deal, Charles, or is that way ahead of your time? That's ahead of my time in terms of actually watching it, but I, I've seen references to it. Yes, yes. I'm going to show you one of my favorite Christmas memories. Uh, this is me and my dad uh, when I was way uh you know you know when that was one of my first christmas memories you can wow. see there's a little um uh crash uh sitting on the tv set uh behind me but that's christmas with my dad uh with my uh, first train set and my little stocking hanging out by the Chris uh, chimney with care so i just love this photograph of my dad and myself oh, so yeah. that's one of my favorite christmas memories so pull a number one through four we're going to pull up our first guest Yes. All right. Let's start with, well, last night was the fourth night of Hanukkah. So let's start with four. And, and that, oh, well, we're going to bring up two people here. Um, we have Paul Taglia uh, and Terry Ralston. Well, yeah. well there he is. He, uh, we'll get him He's on. Hello. <laughs> so uh, they're both in, uh, you know, they are in Palm Springs right now, aren't you both? Palm Springs. Warm Palm Springs. Very warm. Yeah, it's We're in the not 70s. Any of the bad weather that people all across the country are experiencing right now. Right. Oh my God. What's it like there? <laughs> it's well, pretty cold out here. It's cold <laughs> and miserable. Well, right now it's just gloomy. That's all I can say about it. Have you been out today at all, Charles? Uh, yes, I have been out. I was just at school, so I, I had at least that commute. It was, yes, it is very cold. It's not snowing or raining yet, so that's nice. But I almost think this bomb cyclone that's coming is sort of a fitting going out with a bang for 2022. So that's, that's a good way to view it. Where are you, Charles? I'm on the Upper East Side. I'm in Manhattan. Right in That's right. Okay, I yes. know that. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, it'll be a white Christmas, which is yeah. lovely, lovely. And where are you, Richard? Are you? In I'm, in, I'm in Rockland County. I'm just below Nyack uh, in Piermont, uh, New York. Uh, but Terry, uh, Sean Patrick Murtaugh is watching and he sends his love. He studied with you at UC Irvine. Oh, well, yes. hello, hello. I hope you're doing well. Oh, he's doing very well. He has a new CD out uh, celebrating um, uh, the music of Mario Lanza. It's incredible. Yes, so, well, I, I remember him well. I mean, wonderful student. And and I couldn't be more proud of you with all your accomplishing. Wow. Yeah, it was it was great. We, ha we, had a, we had a wonderful class and you were a joy. So I want to ask both of you, um, Terry and then Paul, um, about some of your favorite Christmas memories. Um, I know, uh, Terry, if I remember correctly, you grew up in Denver or just outside of Denver. W way outside. <laughs> way outside way, but in Colorado. In and, Colorado. But they are experiencing extreme cold tonight. Um, Unbelievable. Do you it have family there? Degrees. What? Have you, do you have family there? Well, I have very little family. You know, only child, uh, single, um, no, no children. Um, I have a, a wonderful aunt and a, and two cousins that live in Denver. Um, and so, you know, and of course, they're, they're great, great family, great family. Well, uh, did you hear yesterday it dropped from 54, 54 to, to below zero? Below yeah. zero, like, oh. yeah, yeah. I mean, good Lord. <laughs> So what are some of your favorite holiday memories? Well, um, I, I, let me just talk about just a, a perspective a little bit. Um, of growing up in the northeastern corner, Holyoke, a little, little cow town. And um, I, I, I just, just have wonderful um, memories of white Christmases. I mean, and say I'm an only child. And so my, my mom and dad and I, my dad was the, the, the town doctor delivered all the babies. You know, I owned a horse. I mean, it was really country time and basic beginnings. And, um, you know, I have just great memories of that. And um, one, of my, one of the nicest things, when I was 12, um, 
it, I, I gave my first public performance. And, and so this was a special Christmas for me. I auditioned and I got it. So this is kind of when I learned I could sing. And um, so all of the upperclassmen, I was 12, and all upperclassmen were on platforms and that made a Christmas tree. And I was the little star on the top of the tree. And I sang Oh Holy Night. And you know, I'm still singing it today. I just sang it at a Christmas thing last week. It's my favorite Christmas song. Wow. And that was very special to me because it was, you know, my first public performance. And in terms of the, the, the white Christmases, I, I have such wonderful memories of them. But I just sang White Christmas at, at this event. And, and I said, I'm not longing to be up north. Uh, one of the reasons I moved out of New York and moved to Palm Springs was to get out of the snow. Now, I don't mean to be unromantic about it, but um, I'm having some, well, I've had three Christmases here and it, it's a whole other thing, but I have to say they decorate here better than any place I've ever been. My, my neighborhood, you know, they, they just do wonderful things. And I've never been to so many parties in my life. Well, I mean, this, this community of Palm Springs is an unbelievably social and loving community. So each Christmas is special in a different way. And it, it, it has sort of matured. <laughs> That's wonderful. And what about you, Paul? I mean, where did you grow up? And what are your memories of growing up in Christmases? I grew up in New England. I grew up just north of Boston, in a town called Lynn near Salem. And you know, during the '60s and '70s, it was it was challenging for a little gay boy to grow up, and you kind of feel a little left out when people are gathering together, families and and couples and everything. And my favorite Christmas memory actually was when I was on tour in 1982. I was in Chicago, in the town of Chicago, not the show of Chicago. We were. You're not a dancer. <laughs> oh, you're a tapper. I, but did, yeah. I could tap. Yeah. Um, but we had a we had a show Christmas Eve, and then we had a show the next night. But uh, Christmas night, we decided to do it up. We had dinner, and we got we got loaded. We got so high, <laughs> the best weed I've ever had. And we all bought each other really expensive gifts because we knew that we weren't going to be able to go anywhere else. We it was a family. We had nine people, and we had a family. And it what was, was the show? Up. I love my people time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we kept our clothes on. For that one. Well, uh, uh, <laughs> that's a different. Uh, that's a different type of Christmas special. <laughs> that's right. Have <laughs> yourself a naked little Christmas. <laughs> uh, so, I, don't, I, I don't think you've done a show about that show yet. Yeah, uh, well. That'll come in a few years. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. Right. 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 Yeah, we all have our our, our special. Um, you know, it, it it's interesting um, when you when you really don't have family, um, how how important your friends are, and every moment ping ping. Um, I I I I've, I'm calling now. Yes, <laughs> but I've spent a, a couple of my really wonderful Christmases with with Donna McKechnie and her family. Yeah. They're they're like my extended family, and uh, they're the. Bar, um, Barbara, uh, Donna's sister, um, they got a place up in uh, Massachusetts, right, right near my home. So it's great. So I've had just some wonderful Christmases with them, you That's know, and I have the wonderful friends here in Palm Springs that I'm sharing. Uh, Paul, Paul, longtime friend. We, we have part of our Christmas day together, you know, which we yep. will be again. So it's friends, friends, friends. Friends. Yeah. Charles, do you have any questions before we bring our next guest on? I do. I do. I have a question that I think actually probably every guest we have here today will be able to give their own answer to. But Terry, tell us, what is it like to be performing on Broadway around Christmas time and during the holiday season? Well, that's a good question. Um, uh, well, particularly New Year's, you get out of there as any way you can. You know, <laughs> you know I have never wanted to go to Times Square. You know, that cured me back all those years ago to get out of Times Square. Um, Christmas, you know, you, you draw, well, I, I think probably most casts draw names and, and you have your own little, your own little Christmas party. And uh, uh, 
you know, actually more, more, well, I don't know if this is true, but uh, a lot of people didn't have families or, you know, or weren't married. Um, and um, so a lot of the sharing was the cast becomes a family, you know, and it depends on how long the show's been running. I'm certainly going back to company, that was a real family, you know, because we were this small cast. And, and so we, we, we shared it and and got wonderful gifts for one another and and had grab bags and and but as I say, New Year's Eve, you get you get out of there as quickly as possible. Right. Um, I wanted to share to one of my uh, favorite memories of this past year was seeing Terry at the um at the Barrington Stage production of A Little Night Music, which was a wonderful production of a show that again it was my first time seeing and. It was such a treat to be able to meet you, and it was so kind of you to. to well, oh, my pleasure, and I love meeting your wonderful parents who couldn't be more proud. You know, I mean, you you, you guys are a, a wonderful family. I could see that, and I was so pleased, so glad you got to come see the production because it was really a lovely production. Oh yes, Barrington. And I also want to mention I saw Terry uh, earlier this year when she did the Stephen Schwartz celebration, and. In a an incredible cast of uh, incredible artists, the only standing ovation of the evening, I might add. <laughs> that so very congratulations! Cool. It was well deserved. So it was an incredible night. Incredible. Paul, so uh, do you have any memories of performing uh, on a holiday and what those uh, nights were like for you? Well, I did share one of them. Um, you know, the Christmas Eve one was very sparse. It was very quiet. Um, it was, you know, you wonder why they book it. I think they hope there'll be an audience, but, you know, there was not a big one for, for that one. I've, I performed a, a, a few times uh, during the holidays, and it was weird. I mean, it just is a little weird performing on a holiday when you'd rather be, you know, with friends or family. Um, back what Terry says about New Year's Eve, I did one show off Broadway at the Carter Theater. Remember that? Oh, uh, I performed there. I know it. <laughs> so we got out of the show uh, about eleven thirty, I think, and there were beer bottles. Uh, literally, there were beer bottles flying over our head. We we did, we huddled together and ran to the subway. So yeah, I mean, New Year's Eve is awful. <laughs> But but you were also doing wonderful things uh, at Unity, you know, because the holidays were wonderful traditions there, which of course Paul led, you know, and that was that was quite wonderful. Absolutely, different ball game having a spiritual center. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Terry, I'm going to let you bring our next guest on, and uh, like, let's make a deal. But door number one, door number two, or door number three. Oh, let's mm -hmm. go for one. And that is someone that we all know and love. And as I said before we went live, how could you do a Christmas show or a holiday show without a holiday elf? And he's one of my favorite elves. And that's Jason Graw. Oh, Jason. <laughs> my dear Jason. Oh, oh, hi. I'm so sorry. <laughs> hi, everybody. Merry Christmas. Hi, Terry. Hi, dear. Good Merry to Christmas. see you. Terry Merry Christmas. Christmas. You need to come up here again. We live not too far from each other now. I mean, we do. We're, we're spitting distance. Hey, so, Charles. Hey, Richard um, Skipper. Hello. It's so good to see you here. So first of all, how are you celebrating right now, this year? Oh, my God. I, I have been so... Uh, we have a very active social calendar going on here. Like, Christmas parties are back. And yes. I've, so, I've said yes to absolutely everything. <laughs> because I love free food and free booze, but I also, I'm so happy to see people. It's just been like, you know, we, we haven't had that in, in three years basically. And so uh, it's been really, really fun to connect with old friends and um, you know, go to each other's houses. And I've had a couple of gatherings over here and uh, it's. And you didn't invite me. Terry, I don't know why. I think I must have your wrong email address. Well, I've been sitting, waiting and waiting. <laughs> you are the first person that I thought of, as I did not invite you. But, um, yeah. 
<laughs> no, it's been really, really fun. <laughs> so I'm enjoying that a lot. And we've just, just seeing, you know, there's a lot of gratitude having uh, uh, this year, just, you know, being back and getting to be back at work and do what we we're all set out to do originally. And then we all got sidelined. And um, so I have a lot of gratitude this Christmas for being back and seeing friends and yeah, that's that. the big word. Do you have yeah. a favorite holiday memory of being on the road or being in a performance on a, a major holiday? Oh my God. You know, the last, let's see, I, I did a show called Scrooge in Love that uh, we did it for three years in San Francisco. And I think it might be coming back next year. Rumor has it. But um, Larry Grossman wrote the music and Dwayne Poole, who's written probably a hundred Hallmark Christmas movies. And so we call him the King of Christmas. And Kellen Blair, who wrote uh, Murder for Two, which was such a great off-Broadway show. And um, anyway, it was the sequel for Christmas Carol, but a musicalized. So it was Scrooge Wakes Up a Year Later. And we did this uh, for three years in San Francisco. Uh, this was right before lockdown was our last year we did it. And it's such a fun, I played Scrooge. And I oh. was a little insulted that they offered me Scrooge. I was like... <laughs> Obviously, I'm too young for this. And then I Googled it, and I'm actually, Scrooge was like in his early 50s during Christmas Carol. So I'm actually too old for Scrooge. So that was very special. But um, <laughs> anyway, so we it was really a festive, wonderful show, and it's a kind of happier Scrooge. It's a year later after he was, you know, visited by the ghosts originally. And um, so there were a lot of kids and uh, we all did the Secret Santa, and I was the Santa at the, you know, at the party and handed out the presents to everybody. And just seeing, just doing a show with a lot of kids, and, you know, they were so excited. And I remember what it was like to be a kid, you know, performing in musicals and around the holiday time. And it was just very magical. And um, so I kind of... I was seeing Christmas through their eyes and seeing performing through their eyes. And it was, it was a very magical, magical time. Plus it's a really good show. That's wonderful. I wish there were a recording. Um, I wish so too. And um, let's hope that maybe next year there will be before I'm way too old to play Scrooge. <laughs> Never. I know. I don't really think I am. I'm just saying that's faux humility. <laughs> Uh, Charles, any questions before we bring on our next guest? Well, here's a question that everyone can answer. What's a gift that you're hoping to receive this holiday season or in the new year? Well, I can't really discuss that on this podcast. <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, <laughs> I, I'm very happy with a nice gift card. Do you know what I love? <laughs> I really do love gift cards. I love a good gift card. But I love gift baskets and I give them to people. I think they're so much fun. I love get I love getting them like, you know, stuff with like with uh, Epsom salts and candles and soaps and all that kind of stuff and chocolates. We have got I've gotten a, a, a collection of nuts, different <laughs> nuts from around the world. I don't know why they thought of me for that. And uh We've got a couple of uh, gift baskets in the, my husband and I uh, in the mail that are sitting under the tree. So uh, we'll see. But, you know, I, I'm just happy to take anything, Charles. Canned goods. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, anything you got, I'm, I'm, I'm open to. I will say that I do remember my very first Christmas present. And I think it was, I think I was five. And remember those little Richard, Terry, Paul, do you remember those little record players that we used to have, you know, where you put the need the needle on the record yep. yourself manually. And they were little small record players. Mm -hmm. And I got my own little record player, and my first record that I got to play on that, that I got for Christmas, was Diana Ross and the Supremes singing Stop in the Name of Love. Wow. That was thrilling. That was thrilling. I don't remember it was on the flip side. I never turned it over. I just kept playing that till it wore out. Baby love. What's a baby love? Baby love. 
Oh, look at you. Uh, well, I know that for a fact. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was a trivia question I heard last week. <laughs> I'm surprised it wasn't Sound of Music. No, it was Baby Love. <laughs> yeah, that came letters. later. That came yes. later. Yes. I, my first musical influence was Motown. But um, that's amazing that you remember that, Richard. No, I just heard it last week. So it's not like something that just popped into my head. I just yeah. actually heard that. You were playing so, it on your record player. Uh, and same question that uh, Charles just asked for both Terry and Paul. Uh, which was? Uh, a gift that you would like to receive this year. Oh, well, that was anything. My answer was canned goods or um, gift back baskets or anything. Okay. That's what I, you know, I try not to have, I've learned not to have too much expectation, Richard. That's what I, I think that's what I got most in the uh, last two years of quarantine. Mm -hmm is uh, acceptance of what is and whatever and and trying to bring down my expectation level because you're always going to set yourself up for a fall. So um, I have no expectations. I'll be happy with just anything, which is kind of how I feel about my career. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, uh, Terry? Oh, my favorite gift? Uh, is something that you would like to get in the next, uh, let's say in the next year. Good health. <laughs> but that's not really a gift. That's um, a gift. Oh, it's a gift. It's I a guess gift. it's a gift. Yeah. I would say good health. Yeah. That would be my 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 big hope for I mean, not just for me, but for me and my my friends. And I can go on and on peace and less <laughs> anger. And but I, you know, we could go on forever with that. But but th that's really what I wish for. That and a check. Well, that never hurts. It <laughs> never hurts. And what about you, Paul? Oh, gosh. Um, probably releasing my COVID quarantine weight. But I think I have to stop baking for that to happen. <laughs> well, wait until after the first of the year. After the first of the year. You know, you come here and he... Lemon ricotta. Yes. He's, oh, he's, a, he's wow. a baker. He's quite a baker. <laughs> so, Jason, well, this is a great angle. Bring on our next guest, uh, door number one or door number two. No, you were, he was one. Uh, well, uh, no. Oh, you moved in. oh I see. <laughs> Sorry. Mary <laughs> is such a, she's such a director, isn't I'm she? Such a we, love her. we love her. Direct <laughs> bossy, bossy bottom. Oh, uh, I would say door number two. And that is the one and only. Karen. Oh, Yay! oh hi, everybody. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It, I, I have no idea because I don't have my glasses on. I have no idea what this looks like, but I turned it sideways. Is that okay? No, you look great. <laughs> You're not. Yeah, you look great. Hair. You look great. I washed my hair. I can't kiss you. I washed my hair and then I then I got on, on the TV and then I got on the scam. And then so it was like two hours. So my hair dried like this. Anyway. I gotta, I gotta say, Charles, you grew up. <laughs> you have no idea. Oh I, mean, I was with Charles. Uh, how many weeks ago, Charles? I think just three or four weeks ago. And he's grown. He's grown four feet since then. How tall are you? How tall are you now? I'm, I just got to the mark of six feet. So oh next time you see me. We can always find you in a crowd and in pictures. <laughs> but Charles had a goal that everybody in this business would look up to him, and it's true. We all do that. <laughs> Amazing. I'm so pleased, Charles. I'm just so pleased that you've continued this. And it's nice to hear Terry talk about your family because, I mean, I, I of course, quizzed you on, on where you lived and where you went to school and, blah, 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 and all that stuff. So thank you very much for inviting me. Uh, Thank you. And I will say this, uh, Charles's mom and I, we discovered when we were out together recently, we have the same birthday. So it, you know, it, it's right there. You know, it's in the jeans. <laughs> you got the man, Charles, you got it? Okay, so now you know. Yes. Uh, let, let me let me just go back. Again, Terry, your wonderful stories. I mean, everybody's wonderful stories about, and the, the, the wonderful fellow that you had at the beginning with his partner and everything. And I've been thinking about all, you know, things that are memorable to me. And, uh, I really, I remember one Christmas as a little kid, my uncle played Santa Claus and he got scarlet fever. So that wasn't much fun, but wearing a costume. And uh, then, uh, then I, I always, my parents always got me wonderful things, wonderful things, but they were singers. So they always had to sing at midnight mass. 
no matter where we lived, they had to say midnight mass. So it was really kind of panic time because we would try to open our presents Christmas Eve. And uh, uh, and, and I'm, I'm really little. I mean, I'm in my, my ones. No, I'm like seven, six years old. And then we would have to go through that really quickly. And then we'd have to go to, to church, to mass. And they would sing. And then, because they were worried all the time. They just, they were so worried about their throats and everything. And don't you know, they got a cold every Christmas. Every <laughs> And this was in Chicago and then on to Des Moines. But so Christmas was never because my birthday is just 10 days before. I never got I never got birthday presents or a birthday party. But what, what I would get is money in a card. And then I would spend the money on on my family for for Christmas. Mm. My family, I might get my mother a little cheap out of perfume, something like that. So I, I was never a Christmas was never a, a wonderful thing for me. It, I mean, it wasn't bad. It wasn't anything. But when I got talk about about Broadway, I also opened uh, like three shows right around my birthday, which meant around Christmas time. And it got to the point where sometimes the chorus would say, when are we opening? Well, we're opening on December 14th. Oh, no, don't open on December 14th. That's Karen's birthday. No. <laughs> they only had flops. So, so that, that got to be kind of a, a silly thing. But my favorite my favorite Christmas on Broadway was Christmas Eve doing Joyful Noise. What you say, Joyful Noise? Never heard of it. Only Charles has heard of it. I know, I know it. No, we know it. Okay. Know it. And, and we closed on Christmas Eve. <laughs> and it was a blizzard. It was a blizzard to end all blizzards. And I mean, in the show, because it was Michael Bennett choreographed, but Tommy Toon was in the chorus, myself, John Reed. And uh, I, that, that was a, anyway, so John's kids came, you know, crying and everything. Oh, little Bonnie, who was eight years old. And I said, all it needed was a little match girl and because of the snow. Was, and they're, they're getting things out of the theater as fast as they could. The crew is just piling stuff out onto the street. And so Tommy and I, and I can't remember who else. Shame on me. I can't remember who else, but we said, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And Tommy said, well, I have a friend who lives uh, on Columbus Circle or something like that, or way, on, way up on, on, on Broadway. So we walked in the snow, and it was Marsha Wallace who had, and it was her apartment before she was Marsha Wallace. And we had the best time just laughing and scratching and, and laughing about the fact that, you know, it was, it was Christmas Eve. So that was probably my favorite. My most That's unfavorite. Christmas. It's a sad memory. It's a, it's a what? That's so sad. Your show closed. Oh, Christmas. yeah, but they all did. You know that. They all closed. And so, uh, but but the one that, that really, when I was the, the Santa Claus, like you were, Jason, uh, yes. when we did White Christmas in Boston, and I had to do all of that, and I just, it was just so tiring for me. <laughs> I have to keep track of everybody and, yes. and plan the party and all that stuff. And I was sick for the whole next week. I've never missed that many shows, but I missed the entire week of that. Of that, I was so so happy. But Christmas here is, is like, like Terry is friends, friends. I'll be seeing Jason, and uh, I I'm not sentimental about Christmas at all. And uh, I mean, people give me gifts, and my students give me gifts, which is just lovely. And I don't need anything. I don't want anything. I want another vacation. I want to. I want to go to Hawaii again. I gave myself a, a treat and went to Hawaii, so I'm going to do that again. But I, I can't. I can't think of uh, of anything that I that I. Oh, a new car! I'd like a new car. I can't. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. Let's we'll see what I, I can do. I can't decide whether to go get to go lease a new car or stick with my 14 year old Camry. Uh, because there's only 65,000 miles on it, and everybody, all the mechanics say, oh, keep this car. But in the meantime, it's peeling. Oh, my God, peeling, and it's all sorts of, you know, the trunk well, is... I will tell you what I would like for Christmas. What? I would like, Aaron, for you to come to New York. Ah, yes, I'd love that, too. Yes, and uh, our dear friend Leroy Reams, I performed with Leroy last week. I know, how did it uh, go? Oh, it went great, of course. I mean, how could it not go great with Leroy? But uh, I want to bring our next guest on because he's been waiting in the wings long enough. And uh, everybody who's on the show tonight, of course, has been on Charles's incredible podcast this year. I want everyone who's watching uh, to really jump on the backstage babble bandwagon. Oh, I'll yeah. say that fast three times. Uh, but here is Ken Wasman. Hello, Ken. Thank you for your patience waiting there. 
Well, I've been enjoying hearing everybody. Merry Christmas to everybody. Hello. Merry Christmas, Kyle. Great to see you. So how are you celebrating, and, and it's terrific, uh, Karen, it's great to see you, really. Well, you Been too. So you know, and I remember, you, we, you know, we met years and years ago. And also, Terry, um, Donna McKechnie, a bunch of us had lunch Tuesday in Sardi's, and Donna was there with us. So was Leroy. Oh, and oh, yeah. she's, coming out. oh she's coming out and uh, staying with me. Uh, oh, great, well, great. She's, she's a, she's a terrific person. We go back to 1960. Uh, well, 67, actually, but it opened in 68 when I was working for George Abbott and we were doing the education of Hyman Kaplan and she was in it. Yep. And as a, and a matter of fact, that opening night was quite an opening night because yes. uh, an intermission, all the newspaper, all, the, all these people came down and took Mayor Lindsay out of the theater along with all the other reviewers because um, it turned out that Martin Luther King had been shot. Donna said, went right through the dressing rooms and I was outside, you know, in the audience. And um, what what a night! And um, you know, we we made the wrong kind of history. Not yeah. rather than opening and being a hit, we opened on that particular night. But um, it's so great to see everybody that 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 I that I've just known for years. And then the new people like Charles, who wasn't even born years ago, but he's here now. <laughs> I think he was, and I think he's got us all fooled. <laughs> right. Well, definitely, so. Charles. Charles, you're definitely an old soul. Definitely. Right. Right. You know, you, you've you've um, inculcated in, in, um, or whatever the word is, some soul that knew everything about Broadway from the beginning. Oh, <laughs> it was funny. Uh, Charles and I were recently at Tom Judson's incredible show at Pangea. And uh, Tom Judson introduced Charles in the audience. And he told this story that he was mm -hmm. listening to him one day and he said he fell off of his chair because he was, Charles was interviewing someone. Charles, you can fill them in as to who you were interviewing. And the person could not remember the person that he was talking about. And Charles said, oh, you mean Darth Gilgallon? <laughs> <laughs> oh my know, God. It's just amazing. Amazing. Wow, it's great. You know, and, and I, had, I had someone about a year or two older than you, Charles, uh, about, a, about several months ago, the grandson of one of my friends from camp, who, who did not know who Richard Gere was. Oh, oh. Richard, she was saying, she was telling him, her grandson, you know, like, did you know that Richard Gere started in Ken's show, Greece? That's where he began. And he said, who's Richard Gere? So I thought, oh boy. <laughs> the old thing, you know, the old thing, who is Richard Gere? Richard Gere is a star. Oh, get me a Richard Gere type. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. But now you have a book to offer them so they can read the book. <laughs> right, they can read all about it. And Greece, tell me more, tell me more, right? That's right. Uh, oh, really? Uh, yeah, we, we, we came, the book came out this summer. It was our 50th anniversary of the Broadway yeah. opening. Yeah. Um, you know, that's both wonderful and scary. I mean, opening night, if somebody had said, you know, um, do you realize that 50 years from now, you're going to be celebrating a big anniversary, a 50th anniversary with all these other cast members in town. And we would have said, what? But it happened. <laughs> it happened. Anyway, um, yeah, Adrian Barbeau and Tom Moore, our original director, and myself, we put together this book called Grease, Tell Me More, Tell Me More. And it's, it, it tells the whole history of the show from um, Maxine uh, Fox and I seeing it in the basement of this um, trolley barn in Chicago because my college roommate, was taking an orthodontry course that summer. And he said, you remember the kids that hung out in the back of our high school in Baltimore, the drapes and drapettes? Because we didn't call them greasers. And uh, we called them drapes and drapettes. And we had our own name for everything. And um, he said, there's this little play. It's got some songs that sound like they were written in the 50s in it. And you ought to come out. And since Phil was a, I never heard him say a nice word about anything when we were roommates in college or any time. It got to the point where he couldn't say a nice word about anything because he didn't want to ruin his reputation. But when he was enthusiastic about my seeing this thing, I did decide to go out and um, sat on newspapers is what they handed us. We sat on the floor. The scenery had drip marks because the cast had painted it themselves. Uh, it was uh, basically an amateur uh, community theater uh, group. And, but when the show started, when the lights went down and the, sh and the lights came up on the show, I saw my entire yearbook come to life. And I knew that everybody else sitting there saw their yearbook come to life. And I thought by the end of the show, I thought these guys really had talent that they could write a full musical. And so I said, if you want to move to New York, I'll work with you on, on 
getting a draft of a, a full musical because I think you guys can write it. Uh, and we'd have to, it, the show was like, it went on and on. It was like 70% book, but you, if you went out and got a hamburger, you wouldn't have missed anything. Uh, but they agreed, they came to New York and we started working and, and I said, the one thing that you, that you did perfectly, Jim and Warren, the two writers, I said, is that I believe that every one of those kids was totally real. I believe that when the show was over, they went out in an old jalopy and got hamburgers and we got to keep that. And that was one of the reasons why I chose Tom Moore to be the director because I had seen a play of his where I kept having to pinch my arm all the time to remind myself they were actors. And Pat, of course, is great at making actors um, look like dancers. She works on the characters, so she was perfect. And then we got in the book stories from all the cast members. John Travolta tells stories in it. Treat Williams, um, Mary Lou Henner, of course. And um, so it's a fun, fun book. And we got the chance with everybody in town to launch it last June when we had a 50th anniversary celebration. And you're I'm surprised because Tom Moore just popped in. Hi, Tom Moore. Oh, oh my gosh, I don't have my glasses on. So it's hey, that's how are you? Oh my what that's is hysterical it? because we were just on the phone together. Yeah, we were. We were just working out. Uh, yes. It's what a nice group to see. I know all these people. How wonderful. I thought you were somewhere exotic right now from Instagram. I was. I was in Sri Lanka. I just got back Sri yesterday, Lanka. actually. Oh, you um, uh, country dropper. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some more to drop if you'd like to have them. Um, uh, yeah, I, was there, I was there about two and a half weeks. I'd always wanted to go to Sri Lanka, and uh, I had the opportunity. So I went. Yeah, it was yeah. fabulous. It's, it's a beautiful country. And the people are beyond uh, sweet, charming, and dazzling smiles. Uh, you smile at anyone. It's it's so different than some places like Los Angeles. You smile at anyone, and they just light up. What's the matter? Uh, it's, it's pretty fantastic. How nice to see you, Charles. I understand you didn't know who was going to be on the show. Yes, this is all a surprise to me and a lovely one. Well, it's, it's really you fun. You deserve it. And I'm, I'm delighted to see Karen, and and I'm delighted to see Jason, and how cool! Who else is here? Um, Karen, Karen Morrow is here. Oh, Karen, I've Karen. admired Karen Morrow for years and years and years. We only know each other very casually from having said hello in groups of people. No, did you put me through? You put me through my paces. Did I, did you not? Did yeah, you not? I did. yeah. Thought you just leave that go. <laughs> <laughs> You know, ter uh, Terry and Tom and I all worked together in Geppetto the Musical. The oh, TV. right, of course. That's yes, right. we did. It's yes, we, we made history. Did we? We made history, and, and we get these incredible residuals. Oh, my God. I I just spent my $9 check. $9? My, I only got a, literally one cent. I got a residual for one penny. I had so maybe, uh, maybe, Terry, you'll get a gift basket. <laughs> <laughs> I like them. I like them. I always feel when Geppetto comes up, I have to jump in on its defense because I, it's you know I quite love it and I love those uh, those musical numbers. Mm -hmm. They are they are standalone knockouts. I mean because yes. of course they were written by Stephen Schwartz and they yes. were choreographed by Jim. And yeah. uh, it is it's a wonderful score and we had all of these Broadway people like you're seeing here and I mean there were many of them. Oh, um, we had so much fun. And we had the whole, we had a good bit of the Universal backlot and a good bit of the Disney backlot. So it was, uh, it was pretty, it was pretty amazing. One it of my was, favorites. It was a great score. It really yeah. was beautiful. And it looked beautiful. It was beautiful to look yeah. at. Well, that was an Yes, it was. Fun. At really one point, we had seven sound stages uh, being wow. dressed for different mm -hmm. musical numbers. Wow. You know, but, but because it, uh, it, it, it had, I, I absolutely adored this man, uh, Drew Carey. But because he was a television star, the critics were having none of it uh, in terms of him playing the iconic Geppetto. So we never got the kind of exposure I think we should have gotten. But he he didn't want it to continue, right? 
Well, only I, I I've talked to him since, and I just know he was he was beat down. He never did any more musical stuff ever, and I think it's a shame uh, because I just found him a delight to work with. Um, you know, but anyway, there you are. I, didn't, I don't know quite how we got there, but but it seems Geppetto is something we all have in common. <laughs> That's a kind of a Christmassy show. Kind of. It's a very Christmassy. Christmassy show. I think, Terry, were you and I in the same, weren't we in the same uh, scene with, we were the Haggard parents. There were the beautiful parents in one scene that were like yes, the Yes, you were in the Valencia. Were we not? Boys. Yeah, yeah. Probably yes. so. Yes. We were in that in the little toy shop. Yes, yes, we were. All the kids. Yes. Well, there were two major numbers. You were either one or the other. Yeah, yes, I remember exactly. my line. I had, uh, I had one. I line. wish I had that wound up picture. I could show it. It's really good. It's cute. My, my, my cell phone's running out of, of steam, so I've moved over here to, <laughs> to put it on top of one of those flat things. I have no idea if it's where it is. So anyway, but this is good because I can hold my face up like this. <laughs> Bend it over. Karen, you look great from any angle. Oh, yeah. that's, 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 that's true. So tell me, we were talking earlier. I mean, you just got back from this incredible trip. How are you celebrating the holidays, Tom? He's frozen. Celebrating the holidays. Where is Tom in LA? Uh, I think he's. I think, so. I think he's just outside of LA. So hopefully he'll get Come back on. on in a moment. We we'll ask Ken's, Ken's finger what he's doing. Oh, he's with us. Tom's back. Okay, Tom, are you back? I think I'm back. I, okay, I'm, I'm back. back. I'm, I'm back. You know, the weather is not only happening on the East Coast, it's happening not here in California, but it's happening in Oregon. Uh, so who knows what's going to happen to the internet for any of us. Uh, what's the weather like? Where you, Are you in Oregon now? No, my brother was coming in from Oregon, and I just found out five minutes ago that uh, his plane's been canceled. So, so we don't know when he's going to be able to get down with his girlfriend for Christmas or not. Um, but uh, it's always at Christmas. Yeah, it is always at Christmas. Well, this, uh, I mean, this Christmas is unprecedented. Uh, I mean, first of all, I mean, just imagine this. It's been two years since people have really traveled for the holidays. So everyone's right. been out for everyone wants to travel now. So everyone's wanting to get out. And then this happens. So it's, I mean, the airports are more crowded than ever. And I hate to say it, everyone, but COVID is very much on the rise again. And it's all happening in these uh, uh, very busy airports right now. Yeah. Right. Is it really bad in New York right now? Oh, yes. Yeah. It's, pr it, it's pretty bad in Palm Springs. I mean, always smaller towns get it a little easier mm -hmm. than the cities, but. But people aren't wearing masks in the planes or the airports or anything. And I'm, I'm kind of blown away a little bit because it's like these crowds of people. And I've been flying a lot this month. And I'm amazed how people just kind of are oblivious to the COVID world around. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, here in New York, people are not really enforcing the mask mandate. Uh, it really has not come back. No one is. So uh, I, I think that, you know, God only knows what it's going to be like in January and February. So that's going to be the, you know, but hopefully, I mean, it, it, it's like this push me, pull me type of, uh, you know, feeling with everybody right now. Uh, it's hard to make plans far in advance. Uh, I was going to go on an African safari with Lucy Arnaz in February, and I just canceled it because I, I asked if I could get my money back. Luckily, I got my money back because it was just too iffy. Is she yeah. still going? She's still going. Yeah. Because we're neighbors here, you know. So Yeah. But for two years, I've been, we've been putting money into this big trip. And oh. so oh. I just said, it's too iffy right now for me to make this plan. And I've Can got I have your ticket? <laughs> what was that? Can I have your ticket? <laughs> we just got our money back, so but it, it's quite pricey. It's a it's a pricey trip. 
<laughs> the only place that uh, requires um, masks here in Palm Springs are the doctor's offices. And I think, well, it's a little late. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, once you get to the doc and that's the only place that is requiring them. So. I've been in a few theaters that have, but overall people are pretty much unmasked at theaters now. Yeah. That's good. That's so good. Was, uh, we were talking earlier. He just saw Merrily We Roll Along, which <laughs> is, uh, I think, very much, I think it's heading to Broadway. It is. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I, saw it I saw it downtown, too. So I, I've, never, I've never cared for that show particularly, but this is an outstanding production. It really is. Why? What's it just the way it was staged and put together in the casting and uh, the performances. And uh, it's, still the, no, it's still the same story, still the same show. Uh, right. but, uh, but, I, but it is so um, exquisitely done. Mm. I I, years ago, maybe Terry, Terry, were you in it? Years ago down, uh, down near San Diego, uh, they decided, I mean, George Firth and all those people decided to do it the front ways to go, you know, from, instead of going oh. from, that would have that would have been interesting to see well, because it does well, get confusing. Well, what what they've done with this, which he explained to me, which sounds brilliant, is that 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 they're it's in retro it, it's it's thinking back. It's a memory. In other words, it mm -hmm. starts um, with, oh. with not Charlie. What's the other character's name? Not Frank. Frank. Well, what is it? Frank. Frank. Yeah, his writing partner. Okay, right. right. So it, it's in his mind. And he's remembering all of this. And, you know and that, what? what? You know what? I, I, I never thought that for even a second. I didn't get it. Really? The whole show. Second that's row. What, that's what was explained to me, but I haven't seen it. So I'm. It did, not, it did not play. Oh. Oh. Well, that was someone that saw it. I mean, that's what they saw. That's, the critics are all saying that too, that because it's focused on the Jonathan Groff character. It all of a sudden pulls the entire show into focus. Right. Yeah, I, I, noticed, I noticed that too when I, I there's there's a moment where he's talking at the end of the first scene to I think it is Gussie and he says, I wonder what it would have been like if I could go back to those years when I was just writing with Charlie and then there's a moment where he pauses and then it all sort of goes back. And then at the very end, you see him in that same position again, as if he's just finished his thought. So that. Well, Charles, as a as a a future director, did you agree with that? Was there any other way you would have done that? Hmm, that's uh, that's a good question. good question. I remember asking Charles after he asked me four hundred thousand questions, <laughs> talk to talk, and he was so so knowledgeable. I just said, well, well what do you want to do in life? <laughs> and he thought, and he thought, he said, I think I want to be a director. And I said, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It changed your mind? No, no, that's still what I want to do and I'm trying to do. And that's oh, why we're all here, Charles. Late, Charles. Good for you. Great. <laughs> well, we, we all hope you'll hire us someday. <laughs> Karen, Karen, everything you've ever done, Karen, has been fantastic. But I have one indelible memory Oh. that I often think about, and that is you at UCLA with a hostess as the mostess. Oh. When you did... Um, you call you know, me madam. Call me madam. Yeah. You were, you, I just can't get it out of my mind to this day. It was so indelible. Well, it was loud. It was loud. You were <laughs> I, I, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't I mean, mean that kind of indelible. <laughs> no, I know. It was... Uh, I remember... Uh, I, I got a note from somebody the other day. Uh, Hugh Panaro and I when we did, uh, you don't need, uh, you know, uh, we, we did that song, that duet. And I remember one, one night on the weekend, we, we did a repeat because the audience just loved it. So Peter Matz would start it again. Start, you gotta go, oh God, we gotta go through this again. And then one night that the audience really loved that song even more and Peter started it the third time and I threw something at him. I just thought, I can't, I can't sing this again. But we did, but we did. Yeah, he, he was wonderful to sing with. And I see yes. Now, but he's a, he's a grown man. I mean, <laughs> he seemed like he was such a kid then. No, that's nice that you saw that. Yes. It oh, was. yeah. I happened to be out there and I saw it and it was just indelible, as I said. Oh. Great. Yeah. Uh, Marcia Seligson will be happy, right, Jason? Yes. I right. saw you too on opening night. You were magnificent. Oh, stop. Okay. You thank were. you. Thank you. No, it's just so long ago. Terry, do you, do you, when people, or well, any of you, 
when people compliment you on, on something from a long, long time ago, do you, how do you respond to that? Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, of well, course. Well, I said, well, of course. <laughs> so, since, no, we're I mean, towards, since we're running towards the end of the show, I'm going to leave you all since we uh, ended up here with a Christmas Ethel Merman story uh, mm -hmm. as told to me by Georgia Ingle. Oh, and, uh, it's a great story. And her picture, uh, and her picture is still clean. hanging in my cleaners. What was that? Georgia Engel's photograph is still hanging in my cleaners on 57th Street. As it should be, and hopefully it'll be there. <laughs> uh, but I interviewed Georgia several years ago when I was, uh, I'm working hopefully for the 60th anniversary uh, coffee table book on Dolly. I interviewed Karen Morrow uh, years ago uh, about her experience playing Dolly. But Georgia Engel was playing Minnie Faye op uh, in uh, Ethel Merman's production of Dolly on Broadway. And it was Christmas and uh, Georgia's father was in the service and they were living on Governor's Island. And Georgia's mother asked uh, Georgia to invite Ethel Merman for Christmas Eve dinner. And she's, oh, mama, she's not going to want to come to our house for Christmas Eve dinner. And she said, well, if you don't ask her, you'll never know. So one day she walks into the theater. She walks past Ethel Merman's dressing room door. The door is open and Ethel Merman says, hello, kid, come on in here. She walks <laughs> and she says, Miss um, Merman, I know that you probably have plans on Christmas Eve, but I'd love to invite you to our home on Governor's Island. And Ethel Merman says, I would love to. No one <laughs> ever invites me anywhere on Christmas Eve. Oh. Ethel Merman comes to Governor's Island they're all sitting at the table. Her grandmother, who had a few drinks, said, okay, Miss Merman, when are you going to sing? And Ethel Merman says, I sing when I get paid to sing. I'm not here to perform. I'm here for dinner. Well, everything got quiet. The dinner went on for a few minutes. About 15 minutes later, Ethel Merman said, you know what the problem with this party is? Nobody is singing. Nobody is singing. She gets up. She says, does anyone play the piano? Somebody played the piano. She got to the piano. She started singing. And before you knew it, the entire neighborhood was over at the house with women giving a concert. And she said it was the greatest Christmas of their lives. So that was great. No one will come over. Reach out. You never know. What I want to do is I want everyone to have your closing remarks tonight. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give my closing remarks, then I'm going to turn it over to you, Terry. Uh, hopefully, Paul will come on and say his closing remarks as well. And then you will pick the next person and so on and so on and so on. And then, Charles, I'll have you have the closing remarks tonight. Um, but what I want to say at this point, I was listening uh, to... Uh, Zelensky's uh, speech last night. And I was thinking about this type of year when so many people are stressed out over buying Christmas gifts for everyone. And here is this country where many people are without electricity and without so many things that we take for granted on a daily basis. This is what it's about right here. It's friendship. It's the relationships that we've made, not only in this business, but beyond. I've been very, very fortunate this year having all of you uh, in my life. Uh, Charles, you've become a good friend, and it means the world to me. Uh, Paul, Terry, Tom, Karen, Jason, Ken, you all mean so much to me. So this is my Christmas gift right here, seriously, and it means the world to me. I end every show by telling everyone to go out and do something nice for somebody else without expecting anything in return. Uh, sit down in your silence and take the time to think about somebody you haven't spoken with in a while. I've been reaching out to people that I haven't spoken to in ages, and it's just been amazing reaching out to people that I haven't spoken to in a few years and just making those reconnections again. Pick up the phone, call someone, and let them know how they've made a difference in your lives. It's very important that we all do that. Uh, I have a dear friend, Sean Moniger, and he always says, we're all in this together, but we're not in the same boat. And then someone sent me a meme and it says, we're all in the same storm, but we're in different boats. Some Aww. are in the blues, 
Some are in tugboats, pushing things upstream. Some are in kayaks. Some are on yachts. I don't care what size boat you're on. Just make sure if you're going to be on a boat, you may have a skipper by your side. Yes. Oh. Done. yes. Oh. I'm going to leave this. I'm going to turn it over to Terry. I'm going to leave the screen. Uh, Terry, Paul, and then you'll turn it over to who, whomever you pick to go after you. Thank you all and happy holidays. Thank you. Thank you. And you, and you, and you, and you. Happy holidays. Yeah, happy and holidays. then there were six. Well, <laughs> Skipper sort of said everything I could possibly say. I mean, it is about gratitude. There, there's, there's so much that we take for granted. And every day I, I say my thanks. And um, there, it, just reminding myself of, of how unbelievably fortunate we are. And being as fortunate we, as we are, we have extra energy to maybe go help others. And it, it's, but it's slowing down. It's slowing down and thinking about that because it's so easy to get in the rush of everything we're doing. And so we need to look out for our friends because, boy, my friends are sure looking out for me. And, and my warmest wishes to all of you, a wonderful holiday, and pray God a healthy, healthy year ahead. I'll piggyback on what Terry said and, and know that uh, as I've been talking with friends and family Recently, we're we're still grieving what we lost for the past couple of years with COVID and quarantining and being by ourselves a lot. So we're just holding light with everybody that we are healing from from that process. And it'll take a while, but uh, we're holding everybody in love and light and peace during this holiday season. So thank you all for for knowing that with me as well. And. Uh, Karen Morrow, thank you for your wonderful evening recently at the uh, Coachella Valley Rep with Glenn. You did a oh. job. Just terrific. <laughs> thank you so much for it. It was wonderful. So thank you. I'll turn it over to Karen. Oh, okay. Uh, Karen said about you know, being grateful. Uh, I am so uh, grateful to to the community of, of actors and, and uh, some and directors who remember me. That's all I can say. It's so uh, wonderful to be remembered by somebody and uh, when they come up with something. And that is, that is my gratitude. And because I do live alone, uh, there are so many people who, who are very uh, kind and they include me in everything. They take me places and stuff like that. So gratitude is it. Um, I too wish that it were a better world that we're walking through, but I don't, don't want to get into that. So I pray for all of it. I pray for all of you. And the only thing I can think of is kindness. If people would just be kind to each other, no matter how angry you get, just be kind. Uh, because that, I don't know, that always makes me feel better when I'm kind and I really don't want to be. I really want to sock somebody in the eye or tell them how bad they are, <laughs> a singer, whatever. But be kind. So listen. God bless you all. Charles, I'm just so happy to see you and I'm glad that you're doing all of this. And the you are uh, are doing are still around and doing what you love. So I will see you again. So are we now? We're on to uh, to Jason. Is that who we're on to? Could be. Yes. So. <laughs> Bye, Karen. Thank you. Okay. I actually have prepared a 15 minute medley <laughs> of some of my greatest hits from different TV, movie, musicals. Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny. The first two things that popped up in my head uh, were gratitude and community. And the, uh, I, uh, I, I, I've been very, um, very grateful this last year about many things. Uh, the main thing is to get to perform and do what I was put on this earth to do, which is back in front of an audience and getting to perform and getting to be with my other performers and see them in person. I love the glass. I'm grateful for the Zoom and the StreamYard, but there's nothing like being in front of a live audience and being with live actors and directors and choreographers and musicians and just everybody being together. It's a community. And um, getting to go out afterwards and talking about what we just did and experienced together. And community was the other word. And um, the theater community is, uh, it's a strong, hearty group. And um, 
we all take really good care of each other. And uh, I'm grateful, grateful to be part of this community. And I wish you all the greatest, most beautiful holiday season. And uh, so good to see you. And Charles, you're growing up good. <laughs> Proud Thank of you, you man. And uh, I shall pass this over to my favorite director on the screen at this very moment, because I've worked with him, Tom Moore. <laughs> You know, come on, give me give me a bigger win than just on the screen at the moment. Um, you know, uh, gra gratitude and memory. Uh, you know, with Christmas, of course, when you're young, if you're lucky, uh, it's all about joy and happiness of being with uh, nuclear family and then larger families. But as you grow older, of course, we all become more isolated. And uh, it's... Uh, it's a special surprise and happy to see this particular group of people because except for Ken, I don't see any of you regularly, but I have had great moments with each and every one of you. And I am grateful for that, just like I'm grateful for so many people I've worked with in the theater and that ephemeral nature of theater where it all disappears, but what doesn't disappear is our connection. So I'm very grateful for that. Um, Charles, I, I do feel that in this group particularly, you are the future. <laughs> so get out there and do it and hold up the standard. And uh, it's been a thrill to get to know you as well. And uh, of course, Ken and I are, are tied together for our entire careers. So uh, with gratefulness to him, I turn it over to him. Thank uh, you. Okay. Um, this, was, this was a terrific, terrific uh, celebration. Um, uh, Ethel Merman we talked about earlier, so a phrase came to my mind, and that is, uh, there's no people like show people. And that's true. You know, we are a special breed, and we are a community, and we do take care of each other. And it's so, it's so fabulous to be in that group, to be part of that community, and to share all this wonderful Broadway history. Um, so I hope everybody has a wonderful holiday. And a terrific, let's pray for a really good 2023. And I love you all. And um, thanks. Thank God for show business. I agree. I agree. Thank you, too. So just, I guess I have the last word here. And gratitude has been a huge theme in my life this year, too. There have definitely been some trials and challenges and all that. But there have also been a lot of moments of great joy and excitement. I celebrated 100 episodes of my podcast earlier this year, and I'm now up to 130. I had my first live show of 54 Below. And I can't wait to continue doing both of those things next year. And this has been just, yes, such a wonderful year. It's been so wonderful to get to know many of my idols, like all the people who were on here today, and to get to know you better, Richard. And thank you so much for putting this together. It's been such a joy. And I'll leave everyone by saying, again, your words, Richard, this has been the perfect holiday gift. So happy holidays and happy new year, everyone. Bye.